Welcome to season two of Monday Matters podcast. It's a spiritual segment brought to you by Spirit of Praise Ministry. If you're listening today, that means you've enjoyed this podcast thus far. We ask you to one, share it with a friend, with somebody else that needs an uplifting moment. And second, please don't forget to subscribe so you could enjoy previous messages and the ones to come. We hope the next few minutes will bring you a message of peace, comfort, and hope to whatever situation you're going through. Have a blessed time, family. Hello, SOP family, and welcome back to another devotion brought by yours truly. Let us pray and go into our word as we have our word that's entitled, That is not my job. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we get to come before you. We thank you, O Lord, that We know that we are precious and honored in your sight. And so, Father God, as we now open your word together, we pray, O Lord, that we will hear your voice, that we will feel your Holy Spirit speaking to us, moving through us, O God. We need you right now. We thank you in advance, and we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. That is not my job. Now, we always heard this phrase, or I hope you heard this phrase before, but you know, you've heard people say, that is not my job. And sometimes it's important, it's funny to laugh, but it's important to know really what is your job. And you ever find someone trying to do something that is just not their job? Like you just want to, they come up and say, I just want to sing for the glory of God. And, you know, girlfriend just sinks the ship. Help us, Jesus. But, you know, I know I was born to preach and then, you know, everybody done got up and left. You know, now I'm not discouraging people from doing these things. But I have a question that we all need to ask ourselves. Is this my job? And I need you to ask yourself right now, is this my job? To think about where you serve and what you're doing. Ask yourself, is this my job? You see, the story comes from 2 Samuel chapter 6, where we find an interesting story of what's happening. Now, I'm going to tell you the story, but you can feel free if you want to read along or to be able to uh, back or fact check me to see what's going on. But basically, David is king, and he's so excited because the Ark of the Covenant, which is where the, the, I would say the spirit of God reside, where God said that he would uh, reside and be with the people, has finally come and is now going to be entered into, to, into Jerusalem. And so if you do your Bible research and homework, you'll find that the Ark of Covenant was created um, with Moses and the children of Israel. God told them the measurements, and it was supposed to be a model of what they had in heaven. And God made them uh, design it in a way that would, is the same similar type of way of what was in heaven. And inside of the Ark of the Covenant, God made sure that they put the books of the Bible in it and also different artifacts to remind them. For example, of Aaron's rod growing larger than the others. When people were challenging Aaron and wondering, did God really use him? God um, told them all to grab a stick and then the stick that was longest um, would be the one um, that they would see that, okay, that's the one that God chose. And there was magically, despite everyone choosing their stick, they could see or through a miracle how Aaron's rod grew strong. And so basically the Ark of the Covenant is special. And now David finally has the opportunity to bring this Ark of the Covenant into Israel. And so that's what's happening in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Except, as always, there's just always, you know, something to happen. You ever like have a good day? You're so excited. That's what David was having that day. Except it just wasn't him, but somebody else caused that day to be ruined. So the Bible tells us that the Ark of the Covenant is coming into Jerusalem. 
David's happy. He's singing. He's dancing. And then as the priests, who they were the ones who were ordained and, um, and set aside by God for them to carry the Ark of the Covenant into the city, it was at that moment that they were making a bad turn and the Ark of the Covenant was about to fall on the ground. The throne of God or like the, you know, the model of what the throne of God is, the, the Ark of the Covenant where the Spirit of God resides was about to fall on the ground. They were turning or they were moving and I don't know what happened if it got too heavy. I'm not sure if someone kind of did a misstep. I don't know what happened, but the Ark of the Covenant was about to fall down. Can I ask you something? If you saw the Ark of the Covenant about to fall down, would you pick it up? If you saw something that was about to happen, you said, well, hey, I'm available. I see it. I should go do it. And so the Bible tells us that there is a man who saw the Ark of the Covenant was about to fall down. His name was Uzzah. And he said, I can't allow that to happen. And he rushed to save the Ark of the Covenant. He rushed and touched the Ark of the Covenant to make sure it did not fall down. And then he died. What? Is that, is that real? Is that really in the Bible? Again, I told you, 2 Samuel chapter 6. Go read it for yourself. That doesn't make any sense. You see, Uzzah saw that he was trying to just help, and he saw what he was trying to do to make sure he didn't fall. However, he died. How did he die? The Bible tells us that God struck him as soon as he touched the Ark of the Covenant. As soon as he touched the Ark of the Covenant, God killed him. Now, Uzzah's error was more than just a reflex action or instinct. God struck him because his action was based upon a critical error in thinking. He said, well, what do you mean? I don't understand. Well, let's break it down. You see, Uzzah, he, he had an error in his thinking that it didn't matter who carried the ark. He thought that it didn't matter who carried the ark. He thought that, I mean, anybody can just get up on stage and sing. Anybody can just preach or anybody can just do this. Like, it's nothing special about it. And so in his mind, he was wrong and think that it didn't matter who carried the ark. The second part that he messed up in is that he didn't think it mattered how the ark was carried. He just thought, like, look, it's just a piece of furniture. Let's just carry it and keep it pushing, right? And so he thought that there wasn't a certain way on how to do it. He also messed up in his mind thinking that he knew all about the ark because it was in it was his father's house for so long. And so even he thought that, well, because it used to be in my father's house, because I'm used to this, I mean, it's nothing special. I can do what I want or I can be able to go and carry it. He messed up thinking that it was just that simple. He also messed up thinking that God couldn't take care of the ark himself. Now, I hope you kind of see where we're going here, that these mindsets are about this man and this ark, but how many of us think that God can't handle a situation himself? How many of us think that we have to defend God? How many of us think that we have to do a job because as if God could not do it? Or how many of us think that, well, it's not that serious, it's not that special, let's just go ahead and do X, Y, Z? How many of us, unfortunately, allow our own mindsets or our own negligence to think that something's not that serious? And so... One writer, theologian, says he saw no difference between the ark and any other valuable article. His intention to help was right enough, but there was a profound insensibility to the awful sacredness of the ark on which even its Levitical bearers were forbidden to lay hands. And so the moral conclusion about this part is that we have to be weary of doing what God didn't call you to do. 
Well, maybe God has called me to save them. Well, maybe God wants me to bring them in. And maybe if I just date him enough, he'll see how good Jesus is and he'll just come into the church and be baptized. Or if I don't do this, who's going to save the church? If I don't do this, who's going to help in that area? I have to be the one to do it. But the truth is, is that instead of us always just rushing to go do something, we need to pray and ask God, is that my job? Are you right now in a career where God did not call you? Are you in a relationship where God did not call you to be in? Are you in a new job or in a school or wherever it may be where God did not ordain and say, yes, that is your job? And if you think about it today, we don't just flat out and die, right? But we spend time and we waste time and we're running around in circles because we sometimes are in places where God did not call us to be. We put ourselves in areas where God says, sis, I did not send you there. What are you doing there? And we're complaining to God, like, man, I just don't understand why this is not working out. How is that coming together? We need to ask ourselves, is that where God called me to be? But another thing is we have to be careful of doing, we have to be careful what we do and also be careful of doing things that God called us not to do. If he says, look, I know that this needs to be done. I know that the church needs this or I know that your family needs this. But if I did not call you to be the counselor of the family, don't do it. And I know I'm speaking to someone right now who feels like they always have to be the marriage counselor. They feel like they have to be the mediator between the family because everyone starts yelling and they try to save them. And you think you're doing something good and you feel good doing it. But unfortunately, you don't realize that you're robbing your own peace. You're robbing your own God-given dreams and goals just to be able to appease and satisfy everyone else. And unfortunately, you're taking yourself away from where God's calling you to be. It sounds harsh. It sounds tough. Well, you don't understand because when this happens at home or you don't understand how so-and-so needs me and so-and-so needs me. And we understand that, but we have to realize, listen, God can help too. God's not just an animus standing back. He can help too. But also you have to pray and ask God, listen, God, I see that my family, they need a marriage counselor. But God, are you calling me to be that? Or am I supposed to do something else? Or maybe I'm supposed to find someone else to do this. Because sometimes we just rush to something and put it upon ourselves when God did not call us to go and do that. Now, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 tells us this. And I'll read it real quick. It says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Uh-oh. And you, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so in that moment, we see that Peter is telling us, make every effort, like triple check, pray and fast and seek God's face. It says, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, to confirm that you are where God called you to be, to confirm that, yes, you are where God envisioned and purposed you to be, to confirm that you are following God's will. Because if you do these things, watch what he says, <clears throat> you will never stumble. How many of us are stumbling right now? How many of us are just going in circles right now? How many of us are just all over the place because we're not where God called us to be? But here Peter's telling us, says, hey, yo, if you do what God calls you to do, if you do your job, not that job, not the other job you want to do, not saving her and saving him, not doing the dating missionary thing, not deciding to pick up this person's slack or to do this. Not deciding to be the new mom in the house or to be whatever. Not deciding to just do these things. People say, oh, you do so, such a great job at this. This is what you should do. Well, this should be your job. Or I see you more as this. No, but praying and asking God. God, what is my job? 
God, what is the purpose that you have in my life? God, what is my calling? Because Peter promises, he says, you'll never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the main thing that we have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, is that first of all, when you are where God calls you to be, when you're in that sweet spot, when you're in that moment where you just kind of feel like you're in the vibe, and I know, I know that you know what I'm talking about, but you feel like, man, I'm right where God called me to be. It feels good. It comes natural. You get excited about it, but you just feel that, wow, this is what I'm called to be. That's the best place to be. And so many people are, are unhappy. So many people are stressed. So many people are in their graves because they were doing something that God did not call them to do. Again, remember, God knows what you can handle. To his servants, he gave five. To one, he gave two. To the other, he gave one. He knew what each could do. And that's why he divided the talents that way. And instead of comparing and saying, well, her job is more special than my job or his job is more interesting than my job, we need to focus on what we have in front of us. Because as long as you do what God called you to do, you'll be rewarded. Remember the parable of the talents? That he gave one to five, he gave another to two, and another to one. But even though the one who had two only had two, he did what God called him to do, and he was able to double it. And says, hey, master, here, I got more than what you gave me. Here's what you gave me, and here's some then. And the same response that God gave to the man that he gave five talents, he said to the same person who had two. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's inheritance. And so I say and pray the same for you, that no matter what your job may be, don't look at it as being small. Don't look at it as insignificant. You don't see the whole picture, but just pray and see God's face and say, God, what is it that you would have me to do? And as Peter says, once you confirm your calling and election, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me pray with you. Father God, this is easy to say, but I'm sure it's hard to do. And someone right now is probably listening to this and thinking and questioning everything, oh God. And I pray, oh God, that you provide what you said you would do in your word. That in Proverbs 3, verse 5, verse 6, you told us to commit our plans to you, to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not upon our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge you. You shall make our path straight. Father God, we read in 2 Peter 3 that you told us to make every effort to make sure our calling and election is sure. And we will never stumble and we will receive a rich reward. Father God, that is my prayer for every person that's listening right now. I ask, oh God, show them what their job is. If they, if they are somewhere that you did not call them to be, oh God, show them clearly and help them and give them the courage to leave. And oh God, I pray that you'll open the door that they need to go through in order for them to do the job that you've called them to be. Help them to put away fear and anxiety. Help them, oh God, to put away their worries and their doubts and to trust, oh Lord, that they are in your hands and that's the best place to be. We praise you, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, wow, wow. What a message. We hope this podcast thus far is bringing you peace, comfort, and hope for the future. Again, share it with a friend. Share it with somebody. And to you, don't forget to subscribe so you could benefit from previous and upcoming messages. Be blessed.